Hello friends, Star Performance Consulting presents second episode of podcast Corporate Banters with DK. Today we have a very special guest who has spent last two decades in supply chain and procurement. He has gone through multiple cycles of crisis management and has seen this function evolve significantly over last two decades. He has worked in multiple consumer and automotive industry and has created a unique identity for himself as supply chain expert. I extend a very warm welcome to Atin Kumar, who is Global Supply Chain Director in Automave. Atin, thank you for being with us and sharing your precious thoughts with us. Thanks, Deepak. It's very nice to be here and I, I'm glad that I will be able to share some of my knowledge today. Fantastic, Atin. So let's get started without further ado. What has been the significant disruptive changes in supply chain industry in the last 15 to 20 years as per you? Supply chain has gone from regional to global and then in the last two, three years, it has been moving again towards regional. If you go back, you know, at the start of the century, so if we invariably go back to year 2000, everything was moving towards east, uh, specifically China in terms of manufacturing. And then that was a trend followed by almost all the industries where overnight the China local offices started opening up. Mm -hmm. It went with such a pace that by 2008, when there was this financial crisis, more than 60% of the global demand was fulfilled by China factories. Mm -hmm. Just take example of iPhone, uh, which came into market in 2007. First year sales for iPhone was around a million unit, mm -hmm. all manufactured in uh, China. And since then, more than 1.8 billion iPhones have been sold globally with less than 5% being manufactured outside of China. Oh, wow. So you can see the scale of manufacturing and supply chain capabilities which were developed in China or which are still there in China. And, you know, it continues to impact all the industries. Uh, it continues to impact any sector, be it uh, industrial, be it mm -hmm. consumer, be, uh, be it automotive. This was a general trend. Now, if you specifically talk in terms of disruption, then use of software in different section of supply chain mm -hmm. has enabled a lot of corporations to save mm -hmm. a lot of money and keep customers happy by doing more with less. Mm -hmm. For example, if you talk logistics today with the right technology, mm -hmm. you can track a container in middle of the ocean mm -hmm. and predict their arrival time within hours accuracy, which makes supply chain more predictable helps to cut waste by ensuring the right usage of resources. Right. I think, I think you have made some really good points. One thing which I've learned about supply chain and after having seen that in multiple companies is there are of course two sides to supply chain. One is the buy side and one is basically the sales side. Right? Correct. And one thing which I've learned about the supply chain professional is it's one of the most thankless job. No matter what the circumstances is, you will have to deliver it. And when you deliver it and no matter how much amount of effort you put in, Ultimately, the credit goes to the sales team, to the general managers, to anybody else in the world. Oh, well, you know, supply chain has always been the cost center in the company. So, yeah, so that's, exactly. that's never going to change. <laughs> so I thought that is something which would have evolved. <laughs> Looks like it hasn't evolved in the last 15, 20 years. I do have definitely a lot of respect for supply chain team because I, I have seen firsthand, especially in my last organization when I was working for Motorola, how people work day and night to basically make things happen and, and ensure the delivery happens on time. At the same time, we have the right materials and procurement things. And in general, what we have seen is that we get ordered towards the end of the quarter and the fulfillment right. has to happen in that short span of time. 
and that is the most critical part and where i think most of the supply chain people would be burning midnight oils just like finance team in fact that reminds me there used to be only two teams which used to be sitting in office till late in the night it used to be finance and supply chain oh i i fully concur with you deepak you know okay and between finance and supply chain it's a love hate relationship yeah, absolutely see, <laughs> we have to guess cost savings and yeah. you have all the uh, tools to not give those cost savings because you know you have accrued that cost somewhere else absolutely <laughs> absolutely i agree moving on uh, covid yeah. 2020 covid came in and i think that disrupted lot of things one of the function which i personally believe got severely impacted during covid was supply chain Correct. right because of things not moving from one country to another country but i don't think the pressure of sales came down or pressure of manufacturing came down we still had to manufacture we still had to get the stuff to the client what are the changes you saw in the industry during covid and whether it was positive change whether it was something which has impacted us for a long term which is going to niggle us for a period of time like what's your perspective on that or oh, you know covid changed a lot of things deeper if we go back you know at the start of the covid relationship between suppliers and companies what started to given the first priority so you know in 2020 when covid hit uh, everyone started going back to the route of okay where is my relationship where are my strategic partners how do i still support them so they continue to support our business and then we had to deal with unpredictability of the situation as countries regions were being shut down due to pandemic from one day to another on a positive note mm-hmm. every ceo started to know about their supply chain so <laughs> you know in all this crisis sure one major it. thing which has happened is ceos have started knowing the importance of supply chain absolutely and they have started spending time with important suppliers with strategic yeah. suppliers which makes a lot of difference yeah focus shifted from getting the lowest price mm-hmm. to ensure the resiliency of supply chain and you will hear uh, you know today this word resiliency a lot because mm-hmm. this was one thing which now i can see almost every big corporation mm-hmm. is chasing around okay how resilient is my supply chain mm-hmm. what if there is another covid another pandemic mm-hmm. how do we continue to still serve our customers mm-hmm. continue to make money and then make sure that our employees remain safe mm-hmm. lastly as with all the industries what covid did good was the software adaptation mm-hmm. on the supply chain side and this is you know i i'm not talking just for uh, let's say multinational companies we see in our supply base mm-hmm. software adaptation being happening in a very very small scale companies overnight you know everyone started using zoom started mm-hmm. using microsoft teams mm-hmm. there was a seamless transfer of documentation mm-hmm. we started auditing factories mm-hmm. over video calls so yes there were a lot of positive changes but it goes without saying last 18 months have mm-hmm. been the nightmare for any supply chain professional i can i'm sure about it now china in the last few years as you briefly mentioned as well has been the big boy in the supply chain industry right i mean a lot of manufacturing effectively happens in china with the beat iphone beat any kind of niche products to even oh, just name anything just name anything exactly right and and they're one of the biggest exporters in most of the stuff i mean i understand that even the stars on a christmas tree are they also come from china i mean they are so big in terms of exporting and and having that in uh, ecosystem of supply chain 
the world has moved on post covid right apart from china uh, if i can say so they still are following a different policy as compared to other parts of the world and that is definitely i think created some amount of tension in the supply chain are you seeing a trend where things are moving out of china or you still believe that china is going to play a very big role uh, it's just a matter of time when things are going to turn around for china as well oh uh, okay so i i would take this question you know in in two parts is china going to play a big role definitely we have so much of supply chain dependency in china because you know we are not talking about just the tier 1s mm-hmm. we are talking about tier 2 tier 3 tier 4 mm-hmm. supply chain and then there is an ecosystem yeah. i would just give you a very simple example so you know everyone in north america wanted to own a peloton bike mm-hmm. right and uh, it was being manufactured in china mm-hmm. even if those kind of bikes we can manufacture in north america we can manufacture in europe mm-hmm. the tooling used to make those bikes so the basic tooling what you can get in another regions like in four weeks or eight weeks you can get in straight 10 days in china oh really and and that's the biggest difference for china as an ecosystem for manufacturing basis sure so it is just not you know you can move mm. factory overnights from okay uh, i'm doing a finished good manufacturing mm. uh, and i will start manufacturing it in let's say in in north america but it's all about what is behind those factories mm. tier 2 tier 3 tier 4 supply chains is what you know china is very good at the ecosystem is is very good in china so yes china is going to definitely play a big role now after pandemic yes mm-hmm. this is a trend which actually started with the onset of tariffs mm-hmm. uh, tariff war between mm-hmm. us and china mm-hmm. so a lot of companies have started looking beyond china so mm-hmm. let's say you know southeast asia becomes a very big uh, opportunity hub for a lot of manufacturers who want to branch out of china mm-hmm. we are seeing very big investments being done in vietnam mm-hmm. in indonesia in malaysia so mm-hmm. and beyond southeast asia you know india as a region presents a lot of opportunity we we still have to see you know how much we will be able to capitalize sure. in in my view we will see some of the supply chain moving into regions mm-hmm. in the next 5 years but i don't foresee that china is going to lose their supremacy position anytime i absolutely agree with you in fact is the question of ecosystem what they have created over last few decades correct is going to be very hard to replace any other country who wants to really challenge china they will have to invest that many number of decades if not more right. to come out with that kind of an ecosystem so it's not an overnight thing absolutely you're right spot on now we keep on hearing about the supply chain disruptions is all over in the news anything you pick up from wall street journal to economist to anything the only thing we just speak about is supply chain disruption now of course covid played an important role then russia ukraine war is playing an important role of course china lockdown currently is playing an important role but what's the real story because at the end of the day while prices have gone up i do understand that because of a certain supply chain disruption and it's not only about the consumer price index it's also about other stuffs like even even automotive industry we are seeing parts not being available cars prices are going up so many other things but in general the people at the ground level while they are feeling the pinch of price going up but they are not saying like i don't see that if i want to eat an apple i'm not getting an apple today to eat right i mean i'm still getting what i need right so right. what's the real story we just need to pay more exactly well that's the impact right so so when covid came in right Uh, there were few things which impacted and then it was a domino impact 
So COVID came in 2020, around Q1, Q2. Mm. And demand came back very quickly in Q3, Q4. Mm -hmm. People had a lot of disposable cash mm -hmm. because, you know, everyone was riding on this stock market wave. Mm -hmm. So people started paying more for the things. Mm -hmm. Problem was make it available. Electronic sector was particularly hit by the availability of certain semiconductor parts. And that's where this whole story started and it started to impact even our daily groceries hmm. because see you know daily groceries uh, we stay in an island state right we are exporting i believe if i'm not wrong singapore imports food from 172 countries wow. out of the 192 countries on the map and all these things actually come through containers all these things yeah actually come on ocean right yeah so with the port congestion, COVID hitting, yeah. uh, it was always that a backlog would get created. Demand was not going down. And then a domino impact was created wherein, you know, uh, okay, if you want priority shipment, mm. you have to pay more. Very simple example, you know, if I have to talk in layman terms, mm. a 40 feet container from mm. China to go into Los Angeles port, if you have, you know, really good rates, it would cost you like around 3000 mm -hmm. before COVID. Today, the same container cost you around $16,000. Heard about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. So it's, you know, it's five times the cost. Mm -hmm. You're still shipping the same goods. Yeah. So somewhere, you know, this price exactly. has to be yeah, exactly. built, built into the final exactly. uh, product cost. And then I see 2021 as an year, you know, as, as a black swan year, wherein mm -hmm. so many events happened, mm -hmm. which were like, you know, happening once in 50 years. Yeah. Like, for example, Texas snowstorm. Mm. It came in February 2021. Now, we haven't heard about a snowstorm in Texas ever. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so it came. Yeah. Out of nowhere, when the market is picking up, demand yeah. is picking up snowstorm comes and you have to you know you had very big uh, semiconductor foundries which had to go actually which has to stop operation for almost three to four weeks mm -hmm. before it can come back again Suez canal blockage mm -hmm. in the same period in q1 uh, 2021 mm -hmm. never ever Suez canal has been blocked right yeah. okay this was another black swan event taiwan drought 2021 was the first year in the last 50 years in Taiwan wherein they had the lowest amount of rainfall. Wow. And this happened in Q2. Yeah. So, you know, you move from snowstorm, you move from some fire in supplier factories in Japan, yeah. you come into droughts and then uh, Malaysia COVID impact, which yeah. happened in May, uh, June, July time frame. Mm -hmm. And Malaysia, you know, as a region has a lot of uh, what I would call back end activities on the electronic supply chain. Everything got stopped. Yeah. We came out of that crisis. Mm -hmm. China started showing a shortage of coal. Mm -hmm. Uh, in Q3 and Q3, Q4. So there were power disruptions because mm. everyone was expecting the winters to go hard. So, mm. they, you know, we had to save coal for that. Mm -hmm. So it was, you know, everything a one-of-kind event, but all these events were happening in series. Mm -hmm. So you come out of one crisis, you go into another crisis. Yeah. And somewhere down the line, you know, uh, you can talk about any industry. You can talk about... Uh, automotive you can talk about consumer mm -hmm. you can talk about industrial at the end of the day 
with the rising software and digitization hmm. we our electronic part usage is going up in almost all the devices hmm. so somewhere uh, either you are hit in the beginning or hmm. you are hit in the end but it is very difficult that you are not getting impacted yeah and that's why you know i go back to my previous comment that uh, a lot more focus on resiliency hmm. is what companies are uh, focused today sure now you made a very hitting remark that last couple of years that we have been seeing one event after another and those event had some negative impact and we have not seen such event in our generation at least right, right? i mean be it pandemic be it texas snowstorm after having gone through so many things do you believe is there a light at the end of the tunnel oh definitely definitely there is always life <laughs> light at end of the tunnel you know in general i am a very optimistic person so yes <laughs> but you know there has been a, a major capacity expansion which is happening mm-hmm. uh, thankfully pandemic situation is uh, improving across the world you yeah. know supply chains are opening up people can now travel more frequently mm-hmm. so yes there there is uh, definitely an improvement with all what is happening right now in us you know with in terms of um, investment in in semiconductor i think yes we should see that we are going back to a normal situation in next 12 to 15 months okay. now this was my comment before we went into russia ukraine war okay <laughs> so so now with russia ukraine war you know adding another dimension of food security mm. you know in in the mind of people yeah. so so far uh, between 2020 and 2021 we all were very much speaking about industrial shortage sure we were not ever concerned about food shortage yeah. so that's uh, another dimension which is now happening and you know you can see uh, supply chain getting impacted because people are feeling uh, not very confident about their future mm-hmm. so yes i sincerely believe from an industrial shortage uh, point of view we should be back to normal in the next 12 to 15 months mm-hmm. the real impact of russia ukraine war is still to be seen yeah i agree and that reminds me when the covid started everybody started doing a lot of simulations a lot of scenario plannings and first of all everybody believed that covid is going to get over in 6 months and after that life is going to be back to normal and then covid went beyond 6 months that's when the simulation planning started and i remember there was some mckinsey report that the real impact of covid will come in after the pandemic has become an endemic and and how true it is like okay. we are we are re- seeing it every day now exactly we are seeing it now every day and i don't even think that the full impact of covid has come in front of us even now but yeah we all have to be optimistic and i believe there is light at the end of the tunnel what time that light is going to sh- shine on us uh, still to be seen <laughs> still to be seen <laughs> let's talk about automotive industry and i think that's one of the industry which has got really impacted even in singapore we are seeing the second hand car market is Boom. really hot right now right i mean everybody is going after that market we are seeing the coe prices shooting up like anything so there is definitely shortage of supply in this particular industry what, what do you think are the reasons and how it is coping with all these disruptions yeah automotive industry i would say that it it is going through a very big change because everywhere there are talks about electrification of vehicles so going from internal combustion engines to evs or electric vehicles mm-hmm. and then with at the same time you know the electronic content in every car is increasing so mm. so cars are becoming really very smart 
they sure. are uh, going towards you know self driving model mm-hmm. like uh, mercedes last year uh, daimler got a, a level 3 uh, mm-hmm. approval uh, so that you can actually drive without your hands on the steering wheel on any highway until like uh, the speed of 60 kilometers per hour and, oh, and really? car drives okay. it itself right so yes uh, just coming back automotive industry at the cusp of change got hit by pandemic mm-hmm. and then all the major oems have to really very quickly realign their strategies on to how they keep on making money sure so the one of the primary reason in any country second hand car market is increasing is because oems are unable to fulfill the complete demand mm-hmm. and then they are diverting all of their resources towards the model they can sell and they make more money sure and from an industry perspective uh, you know what covid change in automotive industry is there was a very long cycle of change in automotive industry mm-hmm. so you know automotive industry was has always been considered as a very stable industry mm-hmm. not very frequent changes mm-hmm. but in the last 2 years right now we see an increased appetite from oems mm-hmm. that okay uh, if you don't have part x can we use part y mm-hmm. what can we do in finding more suppliers mm-hmm. what can we do in bringing supply chain near to my factories mm-hmm. so a lot more of that kind of flexibility is what we are seeing from uh, the oems mm-hmm. and coupled with this we all know you know what tesla is doing mm-hmm. so so tesla changed the complete model of uh, automotive industry by actually started designing their softwares their mm-hmm. hardwares mm-hmm. by themselves mm-hmm. so a lot of this work uh, in a traditional automotive um, company was mm-hmm. being outsourced to tier 1 companies mm-hmm. this got changed by tesla mm-hmm. so now everybody is starting to take supply chain in their control mm-hmm. so that's what you know the, these are the major changes what we see in automotive industry and i think automotive industry is exactly at the stage where mobile phone industry was in 2006 2007 oh. when apple first brought in iphone mm-hmm. and you can see right how quickly we all had touch screen phones yeah. in in 4 5 years and exactly. then they became mainstream exactly. now no one has a push button phone yeah. everyone has you know phones have become smarter than basically human beings so exactly, yeah. i think in the coming next 5 years automotive industry is also going to change in the yeah. same way absolutely in fact i was reading a report that iphone has just completed 15 years right and how they have disrupted the entire mobile phone and i think you made a very telling remark and very apt remark you know at this opportune time uh moving on i mean we have spoken about supply chain i think uh, now let's talk a little bit about talent what would be your advice to professionals who want to become supply chain experts uh okay so so you know i'll i'll start by giving you some fun facts so so since the pandemic struck and everyone started to know about supply chain so there has been a steady increase in young professional young students actually applying for supply chain internship mm-hmm. or actually doing graduates program in supply chain oh really and and we see this we see this by sheer increase in number of applications now we got for internship from uh, different universities in in US and Europe and you won't believe it has gone up by almost 30% wow so wow. so if anyone wants to be in supply chain this is the 
time that okay you can manage the crisis you know what's going around mm-hmm. and you are actually able to correlate things which are happening across the world yeah. uh, with you my advice will be twofold right for for any young professionals when you start working become the subject matter expert because mm-hmm. supply chain is is a very vast field yeah. you have logistics you have manufacturing planning procurement yeah. so become the subject matter expert by actually doing the day to day operational work in mm-hmm. start of the career mm-hmm. and then branch out branch out into different sub categories which enables you in 3 to 5 years of time mm-hmm. to have a 360 degree view of the complete right supply chain and then you are able to understand more relate to the things more yeah. what is happening on this end which is impacting on the yeah. other end the second thing which a lot of people actually ignore be technology savvy mm. you know a lot of times we just do the same mistake or oh, supply chain means i am having good relationship with mm. my suppliers i know this category or i know uh, i have got a good price be technology savvy because future supply chains will be driven by softwares yeah and there will be a lot of manual work which yeah. will get eliminated just by implementing software right. and the pandemic has actually proved right we all with the all software digitization happening in the industry mm-hmm. it it has helped us a lot mm. So that would be my second advice be technology savvy. What you are saying it really makes sense because one is technology savvy and secondly to know the different aspects of supply chain and that basically tells me there's a cascading effect of knowing the business as well because unless you know the business unless you know the flow and ins and outs it's very difficult to basically being a supply chain professional because I believe that and in fact it's not only a question of supply chain function it's a question of each and every function nowadays that is no longer a back end function every function has to come to the forefront and really understand those nuances of the business to Definitely. drive the real meat of what is the purpose right in fact your funny banter on the increase in the resumes that reminds me that people always find opportunity in crisis and it looks to be a perfect example of that right? oh yeah definitely definitely moving on right something on you if you don't want to share with us i'm going to skip this question but i would love if you share something tell us about one professional mistake which you made in your career which in hindsight you feel you could have avoided and if yes if you have made that mistake not necessarily you have to make that mistake what would be your advice to the freshers how to avoid such mistakes when actually you know i started my career it was i would always think about productivity means doing more so how i can be more productive by doing more oh okay give me more work yeah oh, i can do this can you run this program yes i can run it and mm-hmm. that would give me a thorough understanding of different functions yeah but over the course of time what i have realized is productivity is all about deletion it is not about addition mm. so uh, my advice to the young guys who are you know starting career because everyone forces you to be more productive yeah generate more performance do this do that so when you are negotiating anything you can be productive by asking very few but critical requirements yeah. rather than asking starts and moves so this was one professional mistake which i kept on doing mm-hmm. for quite some time okay and i definitely now i have learned my lesson <laughs> in a hard way <laughs> but okay something which uh, you know everyone sh- should avoid i can tell you i think i think we all have made that mistakes in the pursuit of 
growing our career. We believe that more is better. And we kind of took so much that we burnt ourselves. But one thing which I've, I'm seeing in our latest generation, which are, let's call it millennials, they are very self-conscious, very, very self-conscious. They know what they want, how they want it. And work for them is not an end. It's just a means to an end. Absolutely great advice, Atin. I'm done with my questions, Atin. We are going to have a little bit fun now. Okay. It's going to be a rapid fire round. Oh. Whatever comes to your mind, just go for it. There's no right or wrong answer to it. Okay. All right. What's your passion? My passion, music. Fantastic. What would be your alternate career if not supply chain? Oh, I would like to always become a DJ. That's really unique. Uh, in fact, you can do that as a part-time as well. Yeah, I can, but you know. With wife talks to you, I understand. <laughs> Engineering or finance? Engineering always. Uh, I don't like that answer. <laughs> One word which describes India? Growing. One word which describes United States? Confused. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Amazing. Atin, you have been a fantastic invited to this particular podcast all your answers were great you really give great insights in fact i learned a lot about supply chain though coming from finance as you said love and hate relationship we don't know the depth of supply chain but as i said like i do have a lot of respect for this function having seen them work very closely you brought in some real examples i'm sure audience would love it and they would gain a lot out of this particular conversation so thank you so much for your time i really appreciate your time and i hope that it has been worth your time as well oh definitely thanks a lot deepak for this invitation and yes i'd be happy to be here thank you so much thank again. you have a good day